This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, the RT crisis that has run since the summer, since it was revealed that Ryan Tuberty was in fact receiving more money than the public were aware of and that that money was arriving in his bank account by curious means. A story that was broken by Fanon Sheehan, Ireland editor of independent newspapers. It has caused a crisis. It has revealed things about RTE that do not enhance its reputation. And it's a pleasure to welcome Fanon now to the stand. Fanon, this document is called A New Direction for RTE. In exchange for the document and the sort of platitudes in it, they're going to get $56 million from the government to tide them over until the end of next year. 400 people are going to lose their jobs, some by voluntary or retirement. We don't know how the others will go. What do you make of the document, Fanon? And really, the other question that springs to mind immediately is the Tuberty affair, which you broke, has been the catalyst for this whole crisis. And in no way is that, uh, it's, it's raised more questions than it's answered, this document, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a new direction for RTE. Maybe it should be called a new spin for RTE. It's, yes. it's 34 pages, very colorful, very nice and shiny and, and lots of graphics in it. But you're, you're kind of going through it going, where, where's the beef? Uh, yeah. there's nothing resembling a, a balance sheet or any cost estimates going, going forward about how much money uh, is being caught, how much money is being invested, where additional revenue will come from, where additional revenue will come from in terms of either the, the license fee, uh, or on the, on the commercial side. And you, you kind of have to dig into some of the assumptions that are, are made, uh, in it. So basically there's a, there's a reference to the future of Media Commission, otherwise known as the Future of RTE Commission, which was set up a couple of years ago by the government, came back with a bunch of recommendations with the future of media and also recommended that basically the license fee be scrapped and it be replaced by direct uh, taxpayer funds from the Exchequer. Now, the Department of Finance, for obvious reasons, turned around and said, forget about that. So that got parked. License fee reform got parked as a result uh, of that. But the assumption made within this report is that that will be followed true upon that there is a pot of money there that will be index linked 
and that this will basically result in RTE getting an extra 40 million euros from that license revenue pot every year. Now, how that will come about remains to be seen. Uh, it's basically uh, either people pay extra on their license fee or the taxpayer puts in puts in the money through a, a direct grant or whatever other hybrid form of new license fee emerges. Uh, that That is the basic underlying assumption that we RTE will receive uh, 200 million euros extra uh, on top of anything they're getting at the moment over the course of, of the next uh, five years, 2023 through to 2028. So you have to really dig into the f- to the underlying assumptions, not even the figures uh, in this uh, document to 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 arrive at, at that. You then start looking at, at other things like the figure around the redundancy. So they're talking about reducing the headcount. The number of people working in RTE by 400. So that's one in five staff over the next yes. five years. You take out the number of people who will be retiring during that period, about about 150, so you get about 30 retirements a year. Are they replaced? In some cases, they will. In some cases, they they, they won't. The organization will continue to have to hire in particular areas of, of, of expertise. Uh, there will be people who have previously been turned down for redundancy, so you imagine they'll, they'll be looking at it uh, again. And you're just wondering within it, so... You mightn't have a problem hitting most of that, that figure with redundancy applications, but will they necessarily be the right people in the right places in areas that you no longer will need their skill set and therefore you're happy to let them go? Or will you lose the good people who you don't want leaving because yeah. there's a redundancy program available without having a compulsory redundancy scheme attached to it where you can basically say to people, the job you do in the area that you do it, we're no longer going to be doing that anymore, and therefore your job is is gone. If you don't have that, it's very hard to see how a redundancy scheme like that is going to hit uh, its its target. But compulsory redundancies are not going to be allowed. Uh, the government won't allow it. The public sector unions won't allow it. It would set a precedent in the public sector slash semi-state sector. So therefore, that's not going to uh, happen. Uh, so RTE's target of 400 redundancies, come back to me in five years and, and show me how many of those have actually been achieved and have you actually reduced uh, headcount because you'll, uh, there's certainly a, a question mark uh, there. There's no firm figure either on, they're talking about increasing the amount of independent production that will be done yes. of RTE programs over the course of the five years. But no real figures attached to that. There's no real indication of what programs are you talking about. Are you talking about existing programs? Are you talking about, are you talking about the Sunday game? Are you talking yes. about Fair City? Are you talking about the Late Late Show? Or are you talking about new programs and dramas that come along and you're going to do more of those in the independent sector? So how how will that work? Again, look, this is a broad aspirational document. It's not a, a, a detailed in-depth policy document and I think that's the thing to consider and basically it has it has got RTE and the government out of a difficulty they need to show that change is coming within RTE you get your nice shiny document you put it in 34 pages with lovely colours and graphics you put it out there you consult with the public you give it to government the government turns around and goes that's fine there's your 40 million yes but I mean major questions remain Phenom, as a result of just to take one example, you broke the story about Tuberty and the funny money he was getting, which was not declared 
to the public. And there was a note that was critical to all of that, a note of a meeting uh, between Noel Kelly, who was Ryan Tuberty's agent and is an agent for a number of other high-profile RT uh, presenters, and D. Forbes, the former Director General. Uh, and there was a solicitor present, and in effect, what RTE and Kevin Backhurst was saying, and the, his quite unimpressive team of management people, who we've seen several times now uh, facing all committees, what's in that note? But what we've seen in front of the Media Committee and the Public Accounts Committee are people who have a certain air of entitlement about them. And your original story showed this was a dirty little deal. It wasn't honest with the taxpayer, who is the ultimate, writes all these checks. And there was a certain contempt for the idea that RTE should have to be answerable to the Public Account Committee, which is made up of politicians that we elect. This note, what was in it? Do you know what, what they were trying to cover up and what point of principle in law was Kevin Backhurst talking about when he invoked it to keep the note private? So the, the, the point of principle was uh, what we call attorney-client privilege, that your interactions with your solicitor are confidential and therefore you can, it's a bit like the the confession box in, in the church. You can say anything in there and it can't be repeated and it can't be used uh, against you. And Artie's argument was, if we released this note, which was taken by a solicitor who attended that meeting and there was a person from the Artie solicitor's office in that, we'd be setting a precedent and therefore down the line we could end up in a situation where Artie primetime investigates is investigating a serious matter of public concern and we would be forced to hand over legal notes and legal representation uh, in that context. Now, that that's quite a leap. I mean, the, the, well, there, I there's, mean no, it, there's no evidence here that legal advice was being offered or no, even sought well, in that meeting. What was going on in that meeting was finding a way to pay Ryan Tuberty through a dodgy account, an invoice to a company that nobody knew, and with no name on the invoice, we're entitled to know, aren't we? Yeah, we're we're we are entitled to know. And, oh, well, not just we are entitled to know. The National Parliament was yes true. It's uh, one of its it, its most powerful committee. The Dog Book Accounts Committee says we want to see that that note, and RTE flat out refused. Uh, there came it came to a head when basically uh, the the chairman of the committee. Brian Stanley said, we want to see the note, and if we don't get the note, we're going down the court uh, route uh, yes. to 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 seek uh, compelability on that note. And Alan Kelly, the former minister uh, and member of that committee, said, if this note isn't handed over, Mr. Backer's position would not be tenable. So RT was sticking to this story that this was all about attorney-client privilege, but then the, uh, the pressure became so relentless that... They, they had to back down. They then offered basically a, a, an intermediary whereby Arthur Cox, uh, major solicitors for him in Dublin, would examine the note and they would effectively give a note of the note 
to the Oireachtas Committee, and the Oireachtas Committee would be provided with the original note, which would be verified by Arthur Cox, and that could not be displayed in public, and and so on. So they jumped through a lot of hoops to basically got themselves out of that difficulty. It's it's difficult to uh, imagine why exactly this note was treated with such confidentiality. Uh, it, it, it was quite an insightful note. It well, it was showed. funny. It was funny money. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you, uh, Fanon, but I, you might correct me if I'm wrong. It was Ryan Tuberty's agent meeting with the director general in private to work out how to pay funny money. It was an online, yeah, it was an online meeting around contract negotiations that related to Ryan Tuberty getting extra money on top of his contract and how it would be come up with. And Noel Kelly, Ryan Tuberty's agent, repeatedly demanding, A, that this, this go through, but B, that there be guarantees attached to it, yes. whether that was in, in, in writing otherwise, and what happens if there's a change of, of director general, what happens if the sponsor doesn't pay up, what happens if... What happens if there's a change of sponsor. And, and, and the Forbes, the director general... Basically, he's turning around, going, "Oh, you have you have my word for it, and don't worry about it. It's it's grand, and we can't put it in writing because that would would not achieve what we're trying to do here." So it it was quite. You you read the note and you go, well, "It was quite clear to everybody that if you're unwilling to put something in writing in this regard, then there's obviously a, 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 an issue here." So they came up, they they came up with this arrangement where. They come up with this arrangement whereby Ryan Tuberty could be paid extra sums of money. And when you look at that note, you're kind of going, okay, it's, it's all starting to make sense now about the manner in which this, uh, issue was, was, was put, put together and was, was kept secret and was concealed, uh, as, as has been, uh, repeatedly said. But then, you know, even the investigation, uh, around this matter, by the Eroctus committees looking into it. They've, they've been hampered on, on numerous occasions by inadequate information being provided. I'm certainly looking back at around the start of this year when this matter came to life. We still haven't got, we still haven't got satisfactory answers about how exactly this came to light, what actions were, were taken and elements of RTE's own knowledge of the, this, this matter, uh, have, have never really been provided. And there was then a, a subsequent issue about other understated payments that, that were, were, that were made to Ryan Tuberty through no fault of his own. He was paid what he was paid under his contract, but RTE made it look to the public like he was being paid, uh, less, uh, for whatever contrived reason. And we've never really got satisfactory answers on, on that either. There seems to have been an awful lot of people if you look at it, whose reputations were being protected here, Barry Ryan Tuberty, who was basically thrown under the yeah. bus repeatedly, uh, and it, it, it's the more you start looking at the way in which this information is coming out on a drip feed basis, you do start to wonder how come it is that Artie were so happy to name and shame Ryan Tuberty here. Yet there were other people in the organization who also should have been identified from an early stage and their activities focused in on. But that didn't happen because the information wasn't forthcoming. Yes, and I mean, there are a couple of cases of people, one case in particular, a spectacular case 
of a person who took the package voluntary redundancy and the big payoff that goes with that, you, you're only entitled to that if your job is going to be abolished. In this case, the job wasn't abolished. I mean, that's not right. And the person concerned refused to appear before the Public Accounts Committee and explain itself. The other striking thing for me, Fanon, is this, that Ryan Tuberty was on 500,000 plus a year for the Late Late Show and his radio show. When he left RTE, he can't find work anywhere. He's going to England, and there's a rumor that he may be going to take a job with Virgin Radio, but he won't be getting 500,000. And I, I, wa- I want to ask you, as one of the very best journalists in the country and most experienced and who broke this story, why people are on 500,000 who couldn't get a job anywhere else in Ireland, the only person who's made a successful move, you could argue, to the commercial sector is Pat Kenny at News Talk. But why was this sort of money being paid to someone who couldn't get it anywhere else and who's never had a job outside of RTE? Yeah, we were told that for years that these were all commercial matters, that the the advertising and sponsorship money followed the, the big names. And that's how people's salaries were, were justified, that if you didn't have this presenter presenting show A or show B, that there would be a fall off in, in, in audience, which would, which would be followed by a fall off in, in revenue and so on. Now, look, there are cases you can argue there. For example, the, 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 the decline of, of 2FM in following the passing of, of, of Jerry Ryan. Unquestionably, yes. that was a, 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 a deep blow yes. to that radio station, a station that was supposed to be ostensibly be a, a music radio station, but was actually its biggest personality and its biggest draw uh, was uh, just a very intelligent, art, art, articulate guy Absolutely. Who, who provided great entertainment uh, each day and, and retained an audience across a number of, of generations and brought brought them with him. And when, when he went, there was a yawning gap in, in, yes. in that station and they weren't able to fill it. So he's a prime example of, well, was he worth having? Yes, yes, he was. Unfortunately, he, he, he passed away. Yes, he did. Yeah, uh, and I, I totally agree with that. In fact, Toberty's radio show, The Morning Show, the Jane Laws which um, are the numbers for that show? They've gone up thirteen percent since he left. Now we've now I've heard uh, anecdotal evidence from people across the media industry who have said to me there was an awful lot of interest in newspaper sales, the internet, uh, and radio across the summer because of the RTE controversy because there was such value in it from the from the audience's uh, perspective the readers at home wanted to hear more yes. and more about it because it was a scandal in a national organization where there was lots of celebrity names uh, knocking yeah. around and, and and obscure politicians suddenly became stars uh, over overnight off the back of it so you 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 can maybe attribute some of that to this but you, your 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 argument is basically do the JNLR figures last week not show that whoever you put on that slot at 9am in the morning, uh, coming off the back of Morning Ireland, which is the most listened yeah. to show in the country, they're, they're going to retain 
most of the, of the, the listeners anyway. And the, the figures last week would suggest that, yeah, there, there is a case there. 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. is uh, a morning break at a time when people have, have, have gone into work or they've, or they've done the school drop um, and you're, you're, you're taking a break from the current affairs uh, agenda for an hour. People are tuned in anyway, and, and therefore that's where you're getting your audience uh, from. Those figures would would last week would tend to back that up, but obviously uh, you you got to watch it over the course of of a year or more to see right. So is this a a trend that that has developed here? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, you work for the biggest newspaper group in the country, and you hold a very senior and responsible position in it. Is there any reason why independent newspapers shouldn't get 56 million next year? Um, and also, on behalf of all podcasters, RT have said, and I think it was mentioned yesterday, they're moving rapidly into the podcast space, again, with my money. Yeah, and with the, public money, I'm in the podcast space, but I don't have the resources. And there are many people in the podcast space, in, including uh, independent newspapers, but we don't get subsidized by the public. Yeah, is and, that and, fair? And is it public sector broadcasting? Well, well you, I, you, I think what we do, and you, what you, you talk do, about, pol- you talk on this show quite regularly about politics. Uh, economics, international affairs, uh, yeah. affairs of, of the nation. And is that not public sector broadcasting? I think your argument quite clearly would be yes, yes, it is. Where other things are being 
subsidized on RTE, like the two Johnnies go to the pub and you're looking at that going, by what yeah. definition on this wide earthly world is that public sector broadcasting? So, you know, there is that, that contradiction there that, uh, we, we don't get a breakdown, uh, from RTE. And certainly there was nothing in this report yesterday that would indicate that we will of what exactly does RTE say is public sector broadcasting in return for the license fee? And what is the commercial uh, side of the organization that is purely just put on because it, it, it brings in uh, money? So there was a, a commission on the future of the media, which focused very heavily on RTE and pretty much forgot about the rest of the media landscape. They came back with a report. They said there there should be 300 million all told between the uh, the license fee and other exchequer revenue put into the media uh, in Ireland. There should be 30 million uh, provided to everybody else and basically 270 million should be given to RTE and TG Cahar and and that was it. So the, 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 the scraps off the table were, were basically available to be divvied up. And there, there are very fundamental questions arising. I mean, I, I think the... the it's pan- not a level playing field, uh, no, Finan, is the, it? The, the, the pandemic very much highlighted to people in government that for all their sucking up to the tech sector for the, the previous 20 years, that when it came to the crunch, social media was... Uh, not just of, of uh, not have use uh, to to inform people, but but actually had a negative effect on informing yes. people because it was so easy for every doolally to put up whatever conspiracy yes. theory was in their head and to yes. get traction with it yes. because there was nobody to verify what what they were saying. So suddenly, government realised, oh, this is actually why you need responsible media organizations in in the public and private sector uh, out there to ensure that properly vetted information that can actually be fact-checked and and verified and make sure that it's true uh, is actually provided to the public. But, you know, you kind of go, it's a bit late and now you're looking uh, two years later and there's no sign that they're they're showing any interest in in supporting that entire area. No, uh, but independent newspapers does perform excellently. The public service remit, you and your colleagues. The Irish Times, of course, does as well. And we certainly do understand we wouldn't have the two Johnnies. And, and if we had a guest, as they did recently on the, their television show, a young woman uh, who's had put herself up there to be asked questions, the first question was, who's the first man you shifted? I watched this and I was appalled. It, it was, you know, sub pub talk. It was awful stuff. So, why are we paying these people two hundred million a year? Is that question ever going to be asked? Are they now in it? They've just got fifty-six million commitment from the government to last them another thirteen or fourteen months. But is the whole question of RTE's existence? or its preferential treatment, uh, and that's putting it mildly by the government, is that whole question now, is it time to be examined? Yeah, I, I, I think what we've seen yesterday is that whole issue, that whole question has been parked. Uh, RTE are regarded by government as uh, too big to fail, that they're going to provide them uh, with, a, with a bailout, that we're going to be 
presented with you know nice shiny graphics that that tell us that there is change uh, at the heart of 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 the organisation. Uh, and and the show will go on. So I mean, there there hasn't really been any uh, fundamental shift in in government thinking here. There's been you know a lot of talk about oh we need reform and we need transparency and we need we need clarity of purpose and you know that that crisis 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 over. Let's move on. You know. Yeah, but there has been a puff, uh, shift in the public mood. Finan, would you agree that the Drop off in, in people willing to pay their license fee. And openly, I, I saw a Vox Pop last night. A woman said, I'm not sure I'm going to pay it. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting that if you dig back, go back before this crisis began, go back to pre June 22nd, when we learned yes. about, uh, what had become known as the, the, the Ryan Tuberty payment scandal, but was really the RTE payments, yes. financial and corporate governance, uh, scandal uh, across the board uh, and RT was already in difficulty difficulty financially they were claiming that they'd be they'd need a 35 million uh, to proceed uh, next year such, such was the shortfall in income but also in terms of of reports that have been commissioned independently on RT over recent years around their their remit as a public sector broadcaster in return from the license fee. And that was showing that that trust levels in the organization were falling anyway, and that there was a potential problem of, of a spiral where RT's income wasn't adequate. They were being asked to do too much. This was resulting in, in public trust and faith in the organization falling, and then that results in your commercial revenue going down even, yes. even more. So there was a constant downward spiral there. And that all predated any of this crisis. So, in a way, the crisis has exacerbated an issue that was there already uh, around uh, RTE. So, rather than, you know, if you take out the last six months, Mr. Backhurst's plan was probably needed anyway. They, they probably needed to have a, a refocus in terms of what they did as an organization. Now, it's kind of more of a salvage operation. This is what we need to tell the public that we're going to do in order to try and and begin to rebuild trust. And look, we'll see. I mean, they, they've said that there are indications that the the level of license fee evasion that we've seen over recent months has be, has abated in recent weeks. That they've seen a bit of an uptick uh, again. That it wasn't severe as severe as it was during the the course of of the summer months. So we'll see. Will it, will it come up again? They're fooling themselves off. They think there's going to be reform of this TV license before the next general election, because I, I just yes. can't see it. Bar the TV licence staying in place as it is, and government saying, and we're just going to give a top-up on an annual basis. But I don't see a a new form of, of licence coming in called the, you know, the, the media licence uh, or some changes to its structure or anything like that, because it, it'll just be seen as, oh, well, this is, this is the RT controversy tax uh, now as a result. So, I mean, government isn't going to be in a position to go to the public and say, yeah, we're changing the license fee, we're going to call it something else and we're going to hike it up to 180 or 200 quid. It's it's simply not going to happen. Okay, Finan, uh, as always, we're grateful to you for joining us. Finan Sheehan is Ireland editor of independent newspapers. He broke this story and it has had remarkable consequences which I believe are not yet over. 
but we'll see. We're grateful to Fanon, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon.